to give everybody out there listening a very warm White Cat welcome because you're tuned in to the White Cat Outdoors podcast. What's going on, everybody? Thanks for tuning in for this. It is now the 32nd episode of the White Cat Outdoors Frank, podcast. did you know that just by off the top of your head? I, yeah, I sure did. Yeah, I think you were just looking it up. I remember, actually, while that beautiful intro, intro was playing that uh, our good family member, Sam McCautry, recorded. Frank was out there looking it up because I wouldn't tell him. Yeah, you wouldn't, but I figured it out on my own because I'm, I'm a smart kid. But Wow, nice. So well, now you know that I'm in the studio. Who else is here today, Frank? I think Tom's here. Yes, I am. Right on. And I'm glad to be here, too. Always glad. I would hope so, Tommy. Yeah, so um, everybody knows it's it's almost August now. Actually, I think by the time this comes out, it will be August. And that'll only put us two months out in PA from archery season. So a lot of people are talking arrows and broadheads and stuff like that. So that's what we're going to give you the rundown on today. Stuff that uh, we run, different things that we have, because all of us have something different. And things we've done in the past, so what led us to this point. So let's take it away, Nick. Taking it away with me, huh? So uh, I guess what did you, what have you always used or used in the past for broadheads? Let's start there. Because that's um, so like everybody's You're not asking what I'm using currently. No. Okay, so when I, Tom, what do you got? Yeah. So Frank's going to grab us a couple beers while mm-hmm. I start us off here. Uh, so when I first started hunting, uh, the big thing was rage broadheads and I was using rage. I used rage three blades, uh, cut on contact and you know, I liked them. I really did actually. I never had any problems with them. Um, I shot rages for a couple years too. Like it wasn't the first thing I shot, but like I actually, the first time I ever saw rages was when I was up in Alaska for the first time I shot my bear. There was some other people in camp that were shooting rages, and I think one of them had two blades and one of them had three blades, and they both shot bears with them. It seems like everybody I've talked to in the archery world has shot a rage at one point or another yeah, throughout for their sure. time. Yeah, yeah, they were definitely super, super, and they're still popular they still now. Are really, yeah. Rage in the cage. Yeah. But for says. a long time, it was like all people were shooting. Yeah, I, d- I went through my rage phase. Mm-hmm. The rage days. Yeah, shortly after I got back from that trip, I started shooting rages for a few years. But um, And I tell you what, they do, um, on the deer that I've tracked after um, a deer's been shot with a rage, they, the blood trails were really nice. Um, oh, they cut a friggin' hole. That's, there's no doubt about it. Um, but the only thing I didn't like, uh, actually what got me off of rage, is uh, my first time or i switched over to the rage hypodermics mm-hmm. when those first came out and uh i don't so and i i'm gonna tell this story and i don't know if it's the arrow or if i hit a limb or something but anyway so i had a coyote that i tried shooting with my bow and the arrow bounced off the coyote and i don't know if it's like i had I feel hair. like something else went wrong there. probably but that was enough to take my confidence off those arrows and mm-hmm. confidence to me is key when hunting yeah, and if you sure. lose confidence in a product you're you're thinking about that instead of you know other things you need to be thinking about um so i switched off a of rage and which led me to where i'm at now i shot fixed blade for a little bit and they were okay but i just didn't like 
that they didn't fly nearly as well as my field points. Yeah. And I know there's going to be some dude out there telling me that, well, your bow's not tuned right, so that's your problem. I'm like, well, whatever. It, I don't care. <laughs> my bow shoots. I, sh- I kill deer with it, so yeah. whatever. Um, so what I did was jump into a uh, – we have, we have a dog in the studio. She wants some attention. <laughs> so Addie's walking around. But anyway, so I switched over to a hybrid broadhead. Uh, I'm shooting the uh, Bloodsport Grave Diggers, and basically it's got two fixed blades, so I'm guaranteed cut on contact, and then it's got two Are they mechanic. razor points? Yes. Yep, no chisel or any. It's razor point. And then it's got two blades um, that are mechanical that... Uh, fold back on contact so they're not like rage that kind of push out from the back yeah they fold down from the top um i feel like those mechanicals are a lot more likely to operate every single time just yeah. because of the how they open you know going in they're they're gonna catch yeah and these ones um are actually like tunable so you can basically make it like as tight or as loose as you want the mechanical blades and what i did was basically I set them with a piece of paper. Um, so I want them to open on a piece of paper before it cuts. Do so, they recommend that? or is there like I a, don't know. That's because you don't want it so light that when you shoot it, they're opening and messing with your arrow flight. You know? I mean, they don't mess with my arrow flight. Yeah. Um, like they, they, shoot, the they shoot really like a field point. They, like mm-hmm. Tom, when we were shooting them the one day, when I first started using them, Tom had to adjust his bow a little bit for his arrows. I walked out 30 yards and it was Money. same as a field point. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why. Like I just, I felt like basically like the paper, um, like I'd grab a piece of paper and push down on it and basically want to get it to set to where it breaks away just before it starts cutting. Yeah. Um, and that way I figure it will open when it hits mm-hmm. hide. Yeah. Um, but, I have not. I just switched to those last year, and I didn't get to draw back on anything. So, I'm still using those, and we'll see how they do this year. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess. Do we want to just stick with broadheads, and we'll just kind of keep yeah, we'll working just around? Cover so, Tom, let's take us on a journey of where you started and where you're at now with broadheads. So, so my first deer, I shot with a Rage two blade, big old meat doe up in New York. I think I was 14 years old. And she was 32 yards, hit her squares could be right behind the front shoulder, right where you want to. And I got probably about 14 inches of penetration. I could still see about half my arrow mm-hmm. sticking out the other side, or not sticking out the Near side I shot. Yeah, as she was running away. Um, I could see that obviously it was in a good spot, and... Gave her a couple hours, went out of my tree stand, went and tracked her. And it was by far the biggest blood trail I've ever seen. It was like a foot wide, two foot wide strips pumping out either side of this deer where she was running. And she only went 60 yards. Mm -hmm. But I didn't get that clean pass through that I would have liked to. And I think that is because, you know, with the mechanical broadheads, you lose a lot of that kinetic energy on impact when the blades open up yeah i mean it's physics yeah i mean if you're if some of the energy is required to use to open the blades you're you're losing Mm -hmm. that penetration it's basic physics yeah so i mean i was definitely happy with it i shot them for a couple more years and then i switched over to muzzy just your standard muzzy three blade chisel point 100 grain broadheads 
Mm-hmm. And the first deer I took with those was actually another doe at my buddy Paul's camp. And that was a clean pass through, but the deer was only like 15 yards. It was a clean pass through, and then I found my arrow laying in the mud behind it. So I was like, okay, I'm pretty happy with this, but I didn't have a very good blood trail, partly, partially due to, I think, the rain that probably yeah, washed a lot of it away. Mm-hmm. So I kept with the muzzies until the following year. And I shot a buck up in New York with one. And this is one I'm not extremely proud about on my shot, but it happened. So I'll tell you anyway. And this deer was like seven yards away. It was, it's tough to describe the position it was because it was broadside, but it was like shaped in an L. So it's like, was it like turned back? Like it was turned facing me, but like he's getting shapes out <laughs> you guys can't see my hand motions but like the head and chest were facing face me back up to the mic that its head and chest were facing me but its body was bent in an l okay so its front shoulders were actually broadside if and then its ass end was like closer to you or like away from you no if you take an l sideways like this Quit hitting the mic that's how the deer was shaped. Okay. Like that. Okay. So it's like looking right at you and then like at its front shoulders is where it turned. So like, Yeah. Okay. I think we're on the same page now. Keep going. For you listeners out there that don't see my hand motions, it's it doesn't make much sense here either. Anyway, so in between its neck and right behind the front shoulder there was only a couple inches due to the way this deer was facing and i lined up right behind the front shoulder and my shot actually went in front of the front shoulder through the neck through the actual shoulder blade on the other side and then my arrow stuck about halfway up the shaft into the mud so i was actually pretty impressed with the penetration going through a neck, a shoulder blade, mm-hmm. and that much ground. So there wasn't, it was actually raining a little bit that morning. We never lost blood on that buck, but it wasn't, it wasn't Dumping like a blood. rage blood trail where it but was like, blood, at the same blood. time, you didn't like hit it perfect to get yeah. that great blood trail. So, right. So, that deer ran maybe 120 yards, and we found him piled up. Really nice buck, big buck. And how big again was it? Gosh, I can't even remember. It was. It was a great buck. It was a great remember. buck. I had a good time. Great buck. Great story. And I was just a little bit off on the blood trail. I was expecting a little bit more. I mean, I did hit what I don't know what that uh, artery in the neck is carotid carotid artery and a lung so i thought there would have been more blood but there really wasn't a whole lot so i switched what was the cutting diameter like on it i want to say they were inch and a quarter inch and a quarter and so i switched back to the rage and i shot the rage for i didn't shoot the rage i had the rage in my quiver quiver. (laughs) for a couple years 
And then I got on this whole penetration kick where I need as much power as possible. Like my he wants dear, to see more full penetration. Yeah. Yes. My, you're an idiot. <laughs> my deer rifle of choice is a 325 short mag. My just enough to get the job done. Yeah, just just, <laughs> just the right amount of power needed. I shoot three and a half inch, twelve gauge turkey loads. So I figured bigger the better. Yeah. So I figured, well, might as well do the same thing with my bow. So I. Beefed up to 125 grain broadheads. Where'd you go to get this setup for your bow? My good buddy Rich at Indoor Outfitters. Out of Sagertown, PA, is that where it was? Yeah. So if you guys are in our area, Rich is a really good dude to go talk to. Um, yeah, he definitely knows his stuff. So I told Rich, I said, here's what I'm looking for. I said, I'm setting my bow up for whitetail. I want it overkill for an elk. Uh, that's what we're going for. So he hooked me up with these QAD Exodus. They're three blades, chisel point, um, inch and a quarter cut. And they actually send Rich this, I don't know what you want to call it. It's like a it's like a car hood almost. It's like just a thin metal. Sheet metal, probably 11 gauge. Or yeah, but I'm, I'm saying like the whole the whole unit. What you would call display? Yes, that's a great <laughs> word for it. They I really had to dig through Webster to get that one. Yeah, they send Rich this display, and it's a big, thick piece of sheet metal that's got well, thick sheet is kind of like jumbo shrimp, Tom. Yeah, but like it's thick. As far as sheets go, <laughs> it's thick. Yeah, All right. and it's got one singular broadhead attached. To the bottom on a little stand. It's pretty cool. And then in the sheet metal, there's like six or seven holes straight through the sheet metal. And what QAD does is they take one broadhead and shoot it through the sheet metal as many times as they can. Same broadhead until they don't get a clean pass through. And then once they don't get a clean pass through, they put that broadhead on the mount with the sheet metal and send that out as a display so that's what got me kind of hooked on these babies i mean if they can shoot through sheet metal seven times you know same broadhead they gotta they gotta be pretty serious so, yeah definitely like i said 125 grain chisel point three blade inch and a quarter diameter cutting cutting diameter and uh yeah excited I'm to use them really excited to use one See what, uh, see what the talk's about. And I also told Rich, I said, you know, I used to shoot Rage just because, you know, obviously they do have a great cutting diameter, but also they are the only broadhead that I have shot that truly does fly like a field point. So yeah. Every broadhead Yeah, every broadhead there is... they're going to say, oh, flies just like a field point. Well, that's kind of bullshit because that's, yeah, they, they don't. don't. <laughs> they don't, no. But I told Rich, I said, I says to the guy. He's I says, standing right there. Now, I told him that, you know, I'm looking for a fixed blade broadhead with a lot of penetration. And I said, I know all the broadhead companies say that they fly like a field point. But I said, in your experience, have you actually found a fixed blade broadhead that truly does fly like a field point? 
And he said those the QAD Exodus, he said at 80 yards, they will fly almost identical to your field points. So that's coming from a guy that owns an archery shop. So. And has shot God knows how many different broadheads. Yeah. So I trust him. We're going we're gonna to give it a shot. You know, come mid-season, once I draw blood, we'll, uh, we'll give him a review. What are you waiting for so long for? I don't like to burn my tags first day. Actually, that's one of my specialties. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah, hopefully we, we get a good blood trail out of them. We'll see. They, they, look, look, they, they definitely look, look like they're going to poke a hole. Yeah. They'll probably put a hole in it. They're a real short, compact-looking mm-hmm. job. So. And I, I don't think you mentioned uh, they're 125 grain instead of 100 grain. Yeah, he did. I did mention oh, that. Oh, did you mention that? Okay. Yeah. I guess I wasn't paying attention. No. Never do. And, you know, <laughs> the best thing is that really got me sold is the fact that they're made in the USA, baby. That's good stuff. So you can't go wrong there. It's good old-fashioned American-made product. Mm-hmm. That's a big selling point, especially lately with uh, everything going on in the world. Everybody's switching over to USA-made, which... Mm-hmm. Can't get enough of that. Yeah, Frank, you you shoot broadheads, don't you? Most of the time, yeah. When I'm shooting shooting deer and stuff. Yeah. So tell us about it, because you've got something that's uh, probably, pretty much brand new. It's, yeah, it's yeah launched Fresh this year. Fresh off the farm. Yeah, uh, but I'll get to that in a minute. We'll start it's way back. Figure that I go to the beginning. <laughs> yeah. and refer to the middle. <laughs> so I. Th- what the first broadheads I ever shot were uh, called Hell Razors, and they were just a fixed three-blade razor point. And did they raise some hell? Oh, oh man, they did. That's what I shot my bear with, actually. Um, and they penetrated pretty well, decent blood trail. They definitely did not fly like field point. They weren't even close. But as you know, once you were tuned in with them, it was shouldn't be tuned. Once you're tuned in with those broadheads, they they fly nice and leave a good hole. They penetrate well, but I was well, I was even though I was happy with them, I was never like overly impressed with them. And like I said before, the people I was with up in Alaska at that time had the rages, and I switched to the Rage Two blade, gave those a try for a few years, and that's actually what I shot my Pope and Young buck with. And I think I shot three other deer with them all does with those broadheads and every time phenomenal blood trail but like you said i never got that full penetration and i I didn't love that i felt like and especially like if you hit like a rib or something they really take a hit exactly and like nobody wants to hit the front shoulder but with a rage you're not gonna get yeah on your marginal hits you're screwed yeah so that's why I kind of I wanted something where I could get deeper penetration, where just in case mm-hmm. you do have a marginal hit, you're still gonna have adequate penetration. Yeah, definitely. And so that's why I got away from the rages after a few years, even though I never had like a legitimate like big complaint, like I didn't like this about them. And I never have either. Yeah, they're they always yeah they're a good broadhead. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so after that, I switched to um, what the hell? I can't even remember what they are now. Um, they were, uh, they look almost like a Magnus Stinger. That's not what they are. I can't believe I can't remember the name Maybe of them. Maybe about those right wasps? Now. No. Uh, I know which ones you're talking yeah. about. The ones with the rubber band in the top that the blades fold back. No, no. I, they, I switched off of, um. Oh, no, Mechanicals completely. Yeah, I went away from Mechanicals completely and went to, it was a two-blade 
razor point, and they were a lot longer than you know normal broadhead. They were probably about dead ringer. Dead ringer. That's what it was. The butcher. Yeah, that's what it was. I think we got some of them in the house, don't we? Yeah, I gave them to Tom because he wanted to try them out. And I shot one doe with those, and I really, really liked the penetration. I freaking smoked this doe with them. And they had the two, like, little bleeder blades on the side, and then the two big blades that were your big cutters. And I really liked how they penetrated. The only thing I did not like about them, they were real thin metal. And if you, like, pushed them too far into your quiver, it would bend the point down on them. So... I didn't like that they Very thin, Yeah, they weren't durable. They cut great. And the doe that I shot with them, I shot her, and there was a tree about 10 yards behind her, and it completely buried the broadhead into the tree behind her. So they penetrated great. They didn't leave a great blood trail. I and She died in 40 yards, so she didn't really have a whole lot of time to bleed. But still, you know, if you hit them, if you really open them up like rages, they're dumping blood immediately. Oh, yeah. The the buck that I killed, or I've killed two bucks with rage, um, I could see blood exiting yeah. like before the arrow finished passing through on the first one, which was pretty impressive to me. It was like, mm-hmm. I mean, it's instant. Yeah. Yeah. So these ones, even though they penetrated phenomenally, and I really liked that about them, they just didn't leave that great blood trail. It was a decent blood trail, but it wasn't like just dumping, which isn't a big deal. But yeah, the only thing I didn't like about them and what made me switch from them is that they just didn't, they weren't durable. They were flimsy, real thin metal. So now what I'm on is Annihilators. And I actually stumbled across these at the Harrisburg show. And they, I, I've i never seen another broadhead that's like at all like them really. I mean, Tom's are... Solid construction, which isn't... Yeah, they're, that's why I liked them so much because it's one solid piece of metal like the threads and everything all the blades are one solid piece it's not like most broadheads you can take them apart to like put new blades in them and stuff you can't do that with these they're they are what they are yeah but there's something about the design on those that makes sharpening easy correct yeah if you like just set the broadhead down on a sharpening stone you're sharpening two surfaces at once like each blade you're sharpening two of them at one time when you put them on a sharpening stone so they're designed really nice, and like Tom said with his, they're a real short, compact broadhead. They're only like an inch and a quarter long, so they're real short, and they don't have a huge cutting diameter. Uh, they're like 0.9 inches, and they do the same thing like you were saying with your QADs. They shoot it through a car hood, and when I was at Harrisburg, they had the car hood sitting right there in front of the booth that they had, and same thing. They just shot the broadhead until it wouldn't go through anymore, and... They definitely leave a big hole, and everything I've read about them, same thing, I haven't shot anything with them yet, but if you go on Annihilator's Instagram or, you know, other people that write reviews on them, they cut a hell of a hole, and they're kind of, like, fat on the back. They don't, like, completely just follow the shaft, like the thread. They open up at the back. It's not, like, cutting anything, but it's open, so it, like, kind of punches a hole, and... It really opens stuff up, and supposedly you get a phenomenal blood trail with them. So I'm definitely really excited to shoot something with them. I'm, I'm all about them. Yeah, they're definitely a different look because they are that solid construction. Yeah, definitely. That you don't really see out of broadheads, but I think that's also part of the reason why it just punches a big hole. Yeah. Is because it's not, the blades aren't just like along the shaft. It's yeah. Like the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And everything I've read about these says they, fall. They fly 
pretty much exactly like your field points and you know, I, I feel like a lot of that has to do with tuning, you know. Oh, it definitely does. Yeah. So any broadhead you can That's kinda of, that's yeah. a lot of the reason that I really liked the look of that Elite Cure, uh our buddy Ian or mm-hmm. Elite was working with. Um that you could it's just so tunable that you can Yeah go from field points to broadheads really quick. Yeah, even if they don't fly even close to your field points, it's super easy to adjust to yeah. get them to fly right. Well, that's uh, that's broadheads. We want to get down to uh, get to our shafts. Yeah, I suppose we can talk shaft now. Yeah, I mean it. It makes sense. You talk about the the head first, and then move down to the, the shaft. shaft. Down yeah. to the shaft. Okay. Well, I guess uh, we've made it around the horn, so I guess I will take yeah it back take over, up. Nick. Um. So, I honestly don't know what I started with, um, arrow wise, because I had a hand me down bow with hand me down arrows. They were, my guess is probably like gold tip or something. Um, mm-hmm. And up I, until the last couple of years, like I have, like I don't, I never really paid attention to my arrow or like even if it was spined right or anything. I was like, oh, there's some arrows. I'm gonna, I'm gonna shoot those. Yeah, that's that's. Well, I was just a hand me down for a while, and then you know a lot of practice and a lot of missing arrows <laughs> led me to have to buy my own. Yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, so I decided to obviously go get some arrows and then this is when i started really looking into like spine and weights and all that kind of different thing um and i did some research seemed to be that like smaller diameter arrows penetrate better um and that's another physics things like the thicker your diameter arrow the more friction you're causing as it's passing through the thinner yeah. diameter isn't going to rub on whatever yeah, you're it's going to be lighter it because it's thinner but like yeah physics says you know the less friction you have and there's yeah. I mean, obviously momentum and there's a lot of things that play into the equation but mm-hmm. um so i went with uh beeman ics pro hunters uh 340 spine which with my draw length at 29 and a half and uh, my bow at about 70 pounds they say is 340 is pretty a good solid uh mm-hmm. spine for that setup um but they're uh 8.8 um grains per inch so, bare arrow, uh, like bare shaft in my 100 grain broadheads, I'm sitting right around like 368 grains. Um, I've never shot mine through a chronograph, so I don't really know how fast it's going. But I was never, I'm not a speed guy. I really like, yeah, it's, I was, I, I feel like speed is the least necessary thing. Yeah, I mean, I, especially like certain equipment I geek out about, um, but like the, this, like I don't think there's any bad bows being produced right now. No, they're all uh, pretty solid. The technology's and, there even for cheap bows. Yeah, and I mean they're all sharing patents and stuff too. I mean mm-hmm. like you've got like Matthews and stuff is using Darton patents and stuff. Like yeah. there's different things throughout industry that it's all. I mean what was it Bowtech or something just got in trouble for using patents of Matthews or like I can't remember. I can't what, remember. There's a certain brand, but either way, what I'm getting at is like all the technologies there in every company, all of them are good. So I never really geeked out about those. Um, but I think your arrows do make a big difference along with your broadheads. Yeah. Um, Especially sizing your arrow. Like you said, the 340 spine's good for your 70 pounds. At and there's, I mean, there's charts all over the internet yeah. on pretty much every arrow manufacturer's website. Yeah. You can find what spine works for your yours. Bow. And, there, and it, that does have a great, um, like if you're like a huge difference, like if you shoot a spine, it's too flimsy, yeah. which just in case somebody doesn't know, spine is basically how rigid the arrow is, and the higher the number, the more rigid it is. Um, 
so if I were shooting something that was too small or like too low with that kind of poundage, the arrow is going to flex in the air and it's going to create problems. Mm -hmm. So like I said, that that's worked for me at five millimeter arrow and 8.8 uh, grains per inch. And Tom, you, like you were saying earlier, you just switched up your, you wanted the heavier arrow. You were looking for some smack. Yeah. I seen these videos of guys that were turkey hunting with their bows and they were shooting these birds and they were literally, you know how like a lot of times you, you know, you watch turkey hunters with their bows and they shoot these birds and then they kind of fly straight up into the air and then they hit the ground and take off. Well, I was watching this video of these guys, they were shooting birds with their bows and they were literally knocking them right Folding over. Folding them up. Yeah. And I'm like, that's interesting. That's, I didn't realize you could get that kind of knockdown power oomph. out of an arrow. Yeah. That much oomph. <laughs> that is the scientific term for that. <laughs> so, anyways, back to my good buddy Rich. He hooked me up with some good old-fashioned high-penetration arrows. I went with the Easton Axis SPTs with the 5mm diameter, 340 spine as well. I'm shooting 70 pounds as well. Yeah, your mine and your draw length is, I think, pretty similar. Even mm -hmm. though Tom's quite a bit taller than me, my chest is a lot broader. Yeah. Um, and actually, I have like an inch and a half longer than my dad, who's about four or five inches taller than me. Yeah. Just and you and me are like the same height, and you're like two and a half inches longer than me. Yeah. So the spine for mine and Tom's are identical pretty much. Yeah. But it's a, it's a pretty relatively small diameter arrow, but it's a, it's a heavy arrow. It's nine and a half grains per inch. And yeah, it's definitely heavy. Yeah. So I'm shooting a 29 and a half inch arrow. And this is without the knock and the fletchings. Bare shaft. Yeah. yeah, just the shaft. We're at 280.25 grains. Then you add the 125 grain QAD Exodus broadhead, and that gets you to 405.25 grains. So I, I'm, you're still adding your insert knock and veins and stuff. So you're going to be, I don't really know the weights on that stuff, but you're over probably yeah, I was gonna say you're probably close to that 450 mark yeah so that's a big hunk of carbon yeah flying for a white tail yeah for sure so like you said you wanted it overkill for elk so so we're gonna see how it goes that i mean that's that's yeah that's a little bit of a hyperbole but <laughs> yeah it's definitely overkill for white tail that's for sure but it's like it'll it, do it, the it goes job. it goes right back to that confidence that i was mm -hmm. talking about at the beginning like because of your new setup and everything and the research you've done and what Rich has said, you're going to be more confident flinging that carbon oh, this season. And that, that's, that's such a archery, especially is a, it's a mind game. Mm -hmm. It really is like you can psych yourself out. Um, anybody that's hunted for a long time has probably missed a deer. Oh yeah. And that Brr. to me, that gets me the rest of the season. You mm -hmm. miss something and that is in your head every time for the rest of the season. It like, gets me until I, put a tag on something exactly yeah like it, it's yeah no matter how much you sit in the yard and shoot a block you go out and you draw on a deer you're like what if i do what i did last time yeah. so it's just it's one it's a confidence thing it's so putting arrows like in your quiver that you're going to be confident with is it makes yeah. it makes all the difference it really mm -hmm. does that and i know i've never done it um not to say that i never will do it but i've talked to a lot of archery hunters that have shot a deer in the front shoulder and never found it. Mm -hmm. And 
I mean, it's going to happen. Yeah. People are going to make bad shots, and it's not necessarily a horrible shot. You're, you know, four or five inches away from where your mark. It's not like. Well, I mean, you could hit just on the edge of that shoulder, and you, I mean, you could be an inch from yeah. where you were trying to hit. Or like, even I mean, if yeah. like you're too steep, like if it's a close shot, that shoulder blade kind of hooks back over top. If you get just a little bit high, you could clip that shoulder blade. There, there's just so much that can happen. The deer can move, you know, at 30 yards. He mm-hmm. yeah. takes another half step or something and yeah. totally screws up your shot. So there's... Yeah. So I just wanted something with that extra... Pen- and a, what? Extra, yeah. <laughs> extra penetration just in case, you know, I do have a marginal shot. Yeah. That, you want everything in your favor you can yeah. possibly have. Not to say that I'm going to be out there aiming for the front shoulder. Nothing but shoulder shots. Yeah. No, but um, just in case, you know, something happens where... You have an oopsie. Yeah. I just want to feel confident knowing that I'll still get the penetration that I need to Mm -hmm. find that deer. Yeah. Yeah, and I definitely have the lightest of our arrows. I have the shortest arrows out of all of us, and I shoot the light. What what were yours? 8.7? 8.8. 8.8, okay, mine are 8.7 grains per inch. I shoot the Eastern Bloodlines, and my bare shaft weight is 234, and with my 100-grain broadhead, I'm at 334. So I definitely have, you know, Tom's over 400, and I'm, you know, under 350. So we have a big disparity in our weights, but I still have plenty of penetration, you know, because I used these last year and the year before. And like I said before, it was it wasn't until maybe five years ago when I actually like started paying attention to my arrow and stuff. Like I've always archery hunted, but I never paid it all that much attention to my arrow until a few years ago. And it definitely does help with your accuracy and consistency when you have the right arrow in your bow. Even uh, just like going with a reputable brand too, that like um, mm-hmm. most of your arrows are graded for like hunting or competition yeah um and that a lot of the times is like straightness and uh how accurate that weight is per inch so if you've got an arrow that's not actually straight which they have testers and stuff and we've got the house like on easton's website or like any bow manufacturer's website they'll tell you this one is with you know across the shaft within 0.02 inches or whatever you know of straightness so yeah so it, it's important to like test your arrows, and even if you're shooting the same arrows for a few years, to make sure your arrows are still true. Um, and that you don't that, have to worry about it so much with carbon. Like back in the yeah, day carbon, when aluminum was a big thing, aluminums would bend all the time. But with carbon, they stay pretty true year yeah, to and, year. And, yeah, exactly. Um, and if, I mean, carbon, we've all seen, like if it if it bends too much, it just breaks. So yeah. It doesn't, you, you can't really... Like get it out of straightness once yeah. it's if it's what it was the first year it's probably going to be the same yeah uh, unless i mean we got our buddy jared he still shoots aluminum mm-hmm. um I, I don't know why but heavier arrow i guess yeah. more penetration mm-hmm. yeah but but yes. like yeah aluminum can bend and it might just tweak a yeah you won't even see it you won't notice it but it throws your arrow away off, yeah that's for sure yeah, it's, you're going to have that one arrow that's doing funky things. You're going to have a flyer. <laughs> Hopefully you're not shooting a deer with that one. Yeah, exactly. That's what Rich, he was telling me about, you know, these other arrows that were aluminum coating that have yeah, I've seen great those. penetration. But Are those I, ones that, like, get thicker? Like, have you seen the... Like, they're like a tapered arrow? Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that what you're talking about or no? I don't know if the tapered ones are the... Coated? Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. 
but they have the tapered ones and the ones that are both carbon and aluminum. Okay. But I, I told him, I said, my only fear with that is I said, I know if I'm shooting an aluminum arrow, if it bends, it's going to break. And then I'm going to know. Okay, I have a, yeah, that's what I mean. yeah, if it bends, it's going to break, and I'm going to know I have a busted arrow. With an aluminum arrow, I might bend it and not realize it and think I have a func- fully functioning arrow when in reality that's not the case. And he said, yeah, even with these aluminum covered arrows or whatever you want to call them mm-hmm. um the, hi- the hybrid coated yeah the aluminum coated arrows he said that they will bend but not snap so that kind of shied me away from those. Yeah, especially like in your quiver you, like if you drop your bow or whatever you know something happens it's you wouldn't even notice you know yeah. like your practice arrows you'll notice a flyer going all the time but like in, if you have arrows that you just keep in your quiver that you don't shoot you know, every single time you're going out, you might bend it on this hunt and then go out in the next hunt and put that arrow on your bow and you have no idea you're about to send one, you know, a foot out of where yeah. you want it. If my arrow's broken, I want to know it's broken. Yeah. I just want it to snap and be like, oh, shit. Mm-hmm. I've got to replace Go buy that a new one. one. Yeah, I don't want to. You keep Elmer's glue? No, I don't. Bag? I no. think you can glue them right back together. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Works pretty well. Yeah, I'm you just gotta put like it. a ruler on them to make sure they stay straight. Even if you find a straight stick out in the woods too, that sometimes will work just as good. Yeah, yeah, probably not. Disclaimer: that. That's not true. <laughs> Thank you, Nick. <laughs> or any of the beginners out there. <clears throat> well, that uh, just yeah, so, wraps up our arrow. Yeah, uh, I mean we've covered, setups. you know, all kinds of broadheads and our the arrows that we shoot. And yeah, we all shoot different broadheads and different shafts. So yeah, and we've all shot different things throughout and we've all killed things with everything that we've shot so yeah, i think that's one big thing to take away yeah from that's this whole what i was pot. getting okay at. well i'll let you take it away no, you go ahead you want to talk all right well okay so since frank doesn't want to talk uh basically like what we're getting at here is don't get too caught up into like brands and what everybody know, else is shooting. yeah what everybody else is shooting make sure it's good for your bow and that it helps with your confidence um if a certain broadhead makes you feel more confident by all means use it um, because i think if as long as it's as long as like your shaft is designed for that bow <clears throat> or properly like fitted for that bow you're gonna be just fine and yeah. you just want to be confident so yeah, yeah and- if you're you know your big thing is oh you want a nasty blood trail then you know those mechanical blades are perfect for you that's what you're going to get is a nasty blood trail mm-hmm. but you're going to lack penetration and if you're one of those guys that aren't as concerned with the blood trail and really just want to blow right through that deer, then you might want to look at the mechanical blades because you're going to get better penetration, but a lot of time you'll have less of a blood trail. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's even uh, FOC is another big thing that's people are talking about now, which is I can't remember exactly what it stands for, but basically it's a percentage on like your the weight of your arrow like towards the front versus like the back like like balanced basically oh, yeah, yeah. so like seven to fifteen percent is what they consider like a balanced arrow if you will so like the front has seven to fifteen percent more uh weight, weight to it um but there's some guys that feel like you need a really high foc um i don't, I don't know like i haven't really done much into the science of that i don't put any weighted inserts or in or anything mm-hmm. um or washers or anything like that yeah so i've even heard of guys 
um, like back in the old days, either putting like pipe cleaners or sand yeah, in their seen, arrows yeah. um, to weight them. So, I mean, there's all sorts of tricks out there, little pieces of paracord and stuff. I don't, I wouldn't recommend any of that, but yeah, Easton makes them a certain way for a reason. <laughs> yeah, and they, like I said, they work. I think don't get too caught up into I can't kill a deer unless I have X, Y, and Z. Yeah, for a setup. Yeah, uh, and just, like we were saying, every broadhead that we've ever used, we've killed stuff with. It's just pay attention year to year when you shoot something what you're observing with that shot. Did you get the penetration? Did you get the blood trail? Did you get, you know, the operation of the mechanical, if you're using a mechanical? How durable is the broadhead? Just pay attention to what happened and yeah. base your opinion off of what you want to shoot and if you want to change. What you're looking for, yeah. Yeah, exactly. If blood trail is more important than penetration or vice versa, you know, just all the kinds yeah, of things. Yeah, just pay attention can... to your equipment. Yeah, exactly. Are there any other remarks from you, Tom, before we wrap things up around here? No, no. All right, well, we're going to wrap it up real quick here because I got the boss yelling at me because I haven't gotten the grass cut over the farm, so I'm going to do Better it. Better go get her cut. So why don't you guys all join me and get outside? <laughs> <laughs>